3: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents. Come in. Welcome. I'm E. G. Marshall. Come behind the creaking door and leave your good judgment and reason outside. Here you enter with only your imagination, anticipation of strange and chilling things to come. Our story concerns Miriam Purcell, a woman who spent her life amassing a fortune in gold. Gold bracelets, gold earrings, gold coins, gold anything. She loved and worshipped gold. She loved it so much, it meant more to her than life.
4: Miriam, I... Miriam.
5: What's the matter, Jason? I can't get my breath, my my heart. Get the doctor. The number's on
4: on the phone. You can't reach it.
5: Jason, relax. You'll be all right. I'm getting the doctor. Uh, uh. Jason? Jason? Good morning. Sorry. Wrong number.
3: Our mystery drama, A Heart of Gold, was written especially for the mystery theater by Bob Duran and stars Francis Sternhagen. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. have a consuming passion in life. For some, it may be as simple and loving as the care of a pet. For others, it may be a job, profession, a hobby. For Miriam Purcell, it was gold. Gold in any form. It fascinated her, obsessed her, and controlled her. But Miriam Purcell was growing old. She knew her end was not far off, and she dreaded the fact that she would have to leave her gold behind and be forgotten with the rest. So Miriam Purcell came up with a unique idea.
5: My portrait in gold coins, Rupert. A specially struck commemorative set of coins. Miriam, my father and I have been your attorneys,
6: your counselors, and more than that, your friends for 40 years. Now, Now, let me advise. I
5: don't want advice. I want you to arrange it.
6: You're telling me you want to take your gold, every ring, every bracelet, every bit of gold you own, and melt it into coins? Precisely.
5: Commemorative coins with my portrait on them. I shall make it a bequest to the city public library. i rather think the city fathers would be happy to honor my memory in the public library. I've done plenty for this city.
6: Your philanthropy is a legend, Miriam, but...
5: No, no buts, Rupert. I'm paying you to do as I say. But your gold is worth a fortune. And I've no one to leave it to. Well, the sale would bring enough to... What sale? Well, when your estate is, um, disposed of. Exactly, Rupert. I don't want to be disposed of. I don't want my possessions thrown to the winds, the auction block or whatever. Oh, I don't care about the house and the furniture. But my gold, that shall never fall into greedy hands. I plan to protect it. The moment the idea struck me, I knew. I knew that it was the right thing to do. Very well, Miriam. You can handle it, Rupert. Find a place that does this sort of thing. Well, Rupert?
6: Well, I found a firm that will make the coins, oh. uh, but it's expensive. Uh, the, the cast is the big item. Hang the expense. The number of coins depends, of course, on the amount of gold. They'll have to see it, weigh it. Uh, and then there's the size of the coins to be considered, the inscription of... And, of course, your portrait.
5: My portrait, yes. That's most important. Can they weigh the gold here? We don't have to take it all to their office, do we?
6: I didn't go into that. I I don't know. Well,
5: find out. I'll start getting it together.
6: You are determined to go ahead with this, aren't you, Miriam?
5: I certainly am. And now that I know it can be done, I'm going to delight Herbert Wilson and the other library officials by announcing my intent through the press. They can hardly turn my offer down then, can they? Hello? Oh, hello, Mr. Wilson. Well, I was going to discuss it with you first, but this seems so much more dramatic. You are pleased, aren't you? I thought you would be. I do want to come down and discuss the location for the display. I don't know yet just how the coins will be mounted or how many there will be. Oh, there are a dozen details to work out. Suppose I call you as soon as my attorney works out the final preparations. Splendid, Mr. Wilson. Thank you so much for calling there's somebody at the door. Yes, goodbye now. I'll be right there. Yes?
6: Mrs. Purcell, how do you do? A pleasure to meet you at last. At last? My name is Elliot Roscoe. I've heard about your fine works, the children's theater project, the settlement housework.
5: Well, thank you. But what is it that you want?
6: My visit concerns your offer to the public library.
5: I'm an artist,
6: Mrs. Purcell. I am an artist and I am here to offer to do your portrait. The one which will appear on the commemorative coins. And I'm prepared to do it for nothing. No payment at all.
5: Well. uh, Come in, Mr. Roscoe, please. Uh, Come in and sit down Perhaps we do have something to discuss.
6: I read of your offer in the newspaper. It intrigued me.
5: I believe my attorney was engaging an artist. He's handling all the details, but uh, your offer does appeal to me.
6: I'm willing to do the portrait for nothing. A gesture of thanks on behalf of the public who've benefited from your philanthropy. You do have a way with words, don't you, Mr. Roscoe? Words? And with a paintbrush? I've uh, brought some samples of my work... I thought it only fair to show you my work before you've committed yourself to have the portrait done by me.
5: Well, I'm delighted to see them, but I'm sure that we'll... It's, uh, it's just me, Miriam. Come in. Come in, Rupert. I have a surprise for you. Indeed. Well, then, certainly nothing new. Rupert, this is Mr. Roscoe. Elliot Roscoe. He's a painter. My attorney, Mr. Hyatt. How do you do?
6: By pleasure, Mr. Hyatt.
5: He was just showing me samples of his work. Oh? Come look at them too, Rupert. He's offered to paint my portrait for the coins, free of charge.
6: For nothing? <laughs> well, that is a surprise. As I said to Mrs. Purcell, a gesture of thanks for her kind works in the city.
5: These are spectacular, Elliot. May I call you Elliot? I'm honored. Oh, look at this landscape,
6: Rupert. Mmm. Damn good stuff. Oh, an excellent still life. Mmm. I'm surprised your name doesn't register. I'm no stranger to art. Well, I'm better known on the continent, actually. But in a small way. I'm trying to get established here. I admitted to Mrs. Purcell the opportunity to do her portrait for the coins will be of great help to my career. That is, if I'm the chosen artist.
5: Well, as far as I'm concerned, you're chosen. What do you think, Rupert?
6: Well, I was planning to get Henry Fowle, um... Let me talk to him first. There are certain specifications the coin company demands and Fowl's familiar with them.
5: I'm sure Elliot can handle that.
6: What did you have in mind for the portrait,
5: Mrs. Purcell? Profile? Full face? Torso? I, I haven't really thought about it. Oh, but I do want to be wearing some of my gold jewelry. We'll discuss it at the first sitting.
6: Then well, I'm to assume you want me. Call us next week and we'll discuss it further, Mr. Roscoe. Well, I'm glad you liked my sketches. I'll see you out. I promise you'll be satisfied, Mrs. Purcell. Your portrait will be an exact likeness. I can assure you. Good day, sir. Are you out of your mind, Miriam? Allowing a perfect stranger to to bulldoze you like that? What do you mean, Rupert? He's no painter. He's a con artist.
5: Why are you fighting me every step?
6: You're paying me to look after your interests. And in this case, I am. He's simply after your gold. He never painted those pictures he showed you. why should you doubt him? But how can you believe him? A stranger walks in, tells you he wants to paint your portrait for nothing. Come on, you're shrewder than that, Miriam. I'll prove it to you. I'll get in touch with Henry Fowle and prove there's no such artist as Elliot Roscoe. was wrong, it seems. (laughs) Fowl says Roscoe's one of the promising new group of modernists. And Fowl's too busy to take the job anyway.
5: So, I wasn't born yesterday. No, there was something about Elliot Roscoe that made me trust him immediately. I've decided on a head and shoulders frontal pose, Elliot. Splendid. And I want just the trace of a smile. Oh,
6: indeed. I intend to capture the real you, Mrs. Purcell. Now, look left, please. Good. Now, right. raise your head slightly. Yes, splendid.
5: How long do you think it's going to take?
6: More than a week. Now, now, straight at me. Fine. All right, sit. Just like that, fine.
5: Uh, When did you... uh...
6: Acquire your uh, fancy for gold, Mrs. Purcell.
5: Mm. Ever since I was a child, I think. When an aunt gave me a five-dollar gold piece. Oh, I still remember it. I still have it, in fact. It felt so warm, so heavy, so solid. I think I made up my mind then that gold was security.
6: Sometimes, perhaps. Uh, head up a little. Oh, that's
5: better. Of course, I couldn't afford much until I married Mr. Purcell... That changed everything. He was
6: obviously well-off.
5: Arthur was a millionaire ten times over. Mm
6: -hmm. Uh, Turn left, please. Good. Those are stunning
5: earrings. Oh, they're my favorite of all my jewelry. These are not going into the melting pot. I want these to go with me to my grave. They
6: must mean a lot to you.
5: Mm. The first time I saw them, I knew I had to have them. And then they were given to me by a dear friend. Of
6: course, the sentimental value exceeds the monetary worth.
5: Yes, I suppose it does. I remember how thrilled I was when this dear friend offered them to me. Oh, how I remember. And I remember what I went through to get them. Arthur never knew, thank God. No one suspected. Least of all, Helene. I wonder what this artist would say if he knew what I was thinking. Thinking back to that party when Helene first wore those earrings. I wish we'd gotten here earlier, Arthur. The hors are practically gone. Uh,
6: sorry, my dear, but business is business. I, I told you to go on a hook without me. And it's...
5: show up alone? You know me better than...
6: What? <gasps> ah, what is it?
5: Helene Connors. Over there talking to Max Longstreet.
6: Oh, she's our hostess. What's so unusual Good about
5: I've got to know where she found them.
6: Well, uh, she spotted us. She's heading this way. All you have to do is
5: ask. I may have to do more than
6: that.
7: Miriam. Arthur, oh, I'm so delighted you could make it. Business as usual. Sorry we're late. Oh, no matter. Come on and enjoy yourself. Helen, Yes? Where did you ever find those earrings? Aren't they spectacular? Oh. Edna had them made especially for our anniversary. Solid gold. Solid. I'm liable to have earlobes down to here from wearing them, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm envious. I wish they were mine.
6: Oh, uh, perhaps we can have a pair made for you. I'll find out where Ed...
7: Oh, Arthur, I'm afraid not. Ed made sure that these could never be duplicated.
6: Oh, too bad. <laughs> for Miriam,
7: that is. <laughs> yes, too bad. Oh, there are the ledgers. I've got to greet them. Get some champagne. You've got to drink till our 25th anniversary. Well,
6: I'll drink to that. Uh, I'll get some for us, Miriam. Uh, you circulate.
5: I don't remember who was there that night what we ate or drank or when we got home all I could think of were those fantastic earrings of Helene's I simply had to have them it wasn't just a case of admiration it was physical I had to have those earrings the way a starving man has to have food I knew Helene wouldn't dream of giving them to me or even selling them to me I had to think of a way of getting them, because those earrings had to be mine.
3: Those who fail to abide by the Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet, often make themselves miserable, wishing for something they can't have. And if they take steps to get what they want, they often have to resort to evil deeds. Miriam Purcell did just that as we'll see when I return shortly with Act Two. In her passionate quest for gold, Miriam Purcell is bound and determined to acquire a pair of earrings belonging to her dear friend, Elaine Connors. As Miriam herself put it, her desire was a physical thing. We know Miriam got the earrings because she's wearing them right now as she sits for her portrait and reflects on her acquisition.
5: Much as I hated to do it, I decided first to lay my heart at Helene's feet. Try to make
7: her understand how I felt about those earrings. But they were Ed's anniversary present to me. I can't possibly sell them. Helene, I'll trade you
5: any piece of jewelry of mine for them. Take anything. Something worth twice
7: what the earrings cost. You can't understand. It isn't a matter of money. It's sentiment. Ed wants to see me wear them. And I want to wear them. But you don't understand how much I want them. Miriam, I'll never understand. Please. We're such close friends. Don't spoil it by bringing this between us. All right, Helene. But make me a
5: promise. If I can. Promise me that if you ever do decide
7: to sell them or or give them away, you'll let me have them? (laughs) Of course. I can promise that. If I ever do decide. Because I won't. Nothing could make me want to part with those earrings.
5: And I knew she meant it. But I wasn't finished. There had to be a way to get those earrings. And I finally thought of it.
4: Hello, Mrs. Purcell. Yes? This is Joey.
6: Fred Oaken said you might have a job for me.
5: Oh. Oh, yes. I've been expecting your call. I
6: never do business on the phone. Only in moving cars. I'll pick you up today at once.
5: Can't we talk here?
6: There's
4: nothing Private is a moving car. This
3: is weird. I don't know if I can handle it.
5: $10,000.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of loot for not killing someone. Well, I guess
6: you got yourself a deal.
5: A woman and I lunch on Saturday at Tremblay's. You know it?
6: Who doesn't?
5: We'll say goodbye in front of the restaurant around two. You can get a good look at her. Then the rest is up to you.
6: Okay. This is one cookie job, but ten grand is ten grand. And
3: it's not even murder.
5: Hello? Helene, darling. Lunch on Saturday as usual? Of course. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Helene. Yes? Oh, could I ask you not to wear those earrings? They make me uncomfortable. Oh,
4: they're
6: too dressy for lunch anyway. Trimley's at 12, then. See you there. Well, my dear, how was lunch with Elaine?
5: The same as always.
6: Darling, you you seem so tense this afternoon. you preoccupied.
5: It's nothing. Well, it's
6: not like you're near... Oh, uh, I'll get it. Hello? Oh, hello, Ed. It... What? Oh, my dear. I, I can't believe it. What, what is it, Arthur? Do, do you want me to come to the hospital? Uh, well, all right. Uh, yes, let us know right away. Uh, d- d- did they catch him? Oh. That's awful. What? That's just awful. Uh, yes, uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll wait to hear. Uh, bye, Ed. What happened? Helene was attacked by a mugger on her way home this afternoon. Oh, no. That's not the half of it. She wasn't just mugged. The maniac cut off her
5: left ear. I'm so glad you're getting out and around again, Helene. I'm adjusting. Oh,
7: if it had been me, I don't
5: think I'd ever gotten over it. Oh,
7: I'm not over it. Not even after these ghastly three months. I'm wearing my hair longer these days, as oh. you can see. Mm. But the emotional scars take a lot more time to heal. Oh, yes, I imagine. I asked you to lunch today, Miriam, for a reason. I have a surprise for you. A surprise? These are for you. Oh, haven't they, the earrings. I've no use for earrings anymore. I remember saying nothing would ever make me want to part with them. But this hat, I can't wear them. And sitting in the jewel box, they just remind me of happier days. Oh, Helene, I... Well, I can't. Not after this. I promised you that if I ever got rid of them, you'd be the one to have them. I'm keeping that promise now. I want
4: you to have them.
6: pensive mood, Mrs. Purcell?
5: Oh, I was just thinking.
6: A penny for your
5: thoughts? (laughs) Not for sale. I uh, think that'll be all
6: for today. I've got a good
5: start. May I see it?
6: Certainly. It's just the rough right now.
5: Oh, but that's remarkable, Elliot. But that really is me. That's
6: what we're aiming for. Same time tomorrow?
5: Same time tomorrow. (laughs)
6: How's the portrait going, Miriam?
5: Take a look for yourself.
6: Hmm. Remarkable likeness. Roscoe's good. Spectacular.
5: One more sitting, we'll finish
6: it. Good. Now, the uh, coin company says they can make 15 matched coins with the amount of gold you have. Oh, uh, they returned this vase. It's uh, not pure gold.
5: It's not?
6: Well, I should think you, of all people, would have known.
5: No, I... <laughs> I thought it was. Well,
6: no matter. There's still plenty without it.
5: Yes. Oh, 15 coins. Yes, that's marvelous.
6: Now, they want to discuss the mounting. They suggested a velvet background set in a rosewood frame.
5: Oh, that sounds beautiful.
6: Yeah. They'll send some samples. Uh, You can decide then.
5: I think I'll arrange a dedication ceremony with Henry Wilson. I mean, my presentation should be something special. The mayor, the press. Champagne, don't you think? <laughs> well, of course, you can't very well fend it over by parcel post. Oh, that's Elliot for today's fitting. Come on in, Elliot. You want to stay and watch?
6: Uh, well, thanks, but I have some errands to run. Hello, Mr. Hyatt. Uh, Mr. Roscoe. Miriam tells me two more sessions will finish it. Well, that's about it. I'm pleasantly surprised at the result. The portrait's exceptionally good. My humble thanks. Mm-hmm. I'll be in tomorrow with the mounting samples. Good. Keep up the good work,
5: Mr. Roscoe.
6: You can depend on it. Good day. Well, Mrs. Purcell, to work, eh?
5: Ready when you are, Elliot. Oh, let me get rid of this vase first.
6: Oh, it's a handsome piece of work.
5: Isn't it? I was surprised to find it's not pure gold. I thought it was. The
6: design is entirely unique. It's almost a masterpiece.
5: In a way, I'm glad it's not going to be melted with the rest. Perhaps I'll save it for my ashes after I'm gone.
6: Well, let's think of brighter things.
5: I'm very fond of that vase. It, too, was given to me by a very dear friend.
6: I've no doubt you've had many dear friends, Mrs. Purcell. Someone as good-hearted and generous as you.
5: Yes, I've had a lot of friends, I guess. And Jason was a good one. He was much older. Arthur and I looked on him almost as a father. I remember how he'd come to the house and play chess with Arthur.
6: Is it my move? Uh, yes. Good grief. I was waiting for you. Getting forgetful, Jason. Getting old. Nonsense.
7: What's this about getting old?
5: Uh,
6: Jason thinks he is.
5: Nonsense. Here's your brandy, gentlemen. I laid out some cheese and crackers,
6: too. You're both very kind, but next month I'll hit four score and five.
5: Eighty-five? I don't believe it.
6: I don't feel a day over 80. (laughs) (laughs) I feel great, as a matter of fact. If it weren't for this heart of mine, I think I'd take up tennis. Well, 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 anyone who survived two heart attacks shouldn't take up anything more strenuous than chess. (laughs) Your move. Oh, so it is. Oh,
5: Jason... Before I go upstairs, I've been meaning to ask you something. Oh, certainly, Miriam. It's a favor. Would I
6: do anything in my power for you and Arthur?
5: Well, I'm giving a small dinner party next week, and I wonder if I could borrow that gold vase of yours for the table. Oh. Well, I realize how much it means to you, but I promise I'll take perfect care of it. It's so stunning. It's just the thing to... Well, impress Arthur's new partner. Oh, now, that's a family heirloom,
6: Miriam. You can't ask Jason to do that. Uh, Miriam, I, I really hate to turn you down, but Arthur hit it on the head. I, I really can't. No, not that base.
5: Well, I understand. I hesitated asking in the first place. I'm really sorry, Miriam. No, no, no. It's all right. You do enjoy your game. <laughs> I knew what his answer would be, but I thought I might persuade him. I wanted that vase, and I knew now I'd have to wear him down. Who is it? It's Miriam, Jason.
6: Oh, double lock! Can't be too careful. Come in, come in, Miriam dear. Thank you. This is an unexpected pleasure.
5: I've come to make another plea.
6: Oh? Oh, uh, about the vase.
5: Yes. Oh, it's so handsome. May I hold it? Of course. I can just see it now with chrysanthemums and bittersweet. Oh, Jason, may I please...
6: Well, Miriam, all right. all right. Just for the dinner party.
5: Oh, you're an angel. I want it
6: back the very next morning. Now, will uh, you promise me that, Miriam?
5: Well, of course, I'll bring it round that night if you like.
6: Oh, no, the next day will be just fine.
5: I'll never ask again either, Jason. It's just that this party is so special. As
6: yes, it must be.
5: I'll come by next Thursday. About four
6: Here you are, Miriam. And you'll take good care of it.
5: Oh, you can count on it, Jason. I'll never let it out of my sight. And you'll have it back first thing tomorrow morning. I'll bring it round in a cab myself.
6: You must, Miriam. And have a good party.
5: Yeah.
6: It's a perfect evening, Miriam. You outdid yourself.
5: Thank you, my dear Arthur. Uh,
6: chrysanthemums and bittersweet. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Even without Jason's vase, you wanted so much.
5: Oh, yes. Well, it wouldn't have worked anyway. His vase was really too small for the arrangement.
7: Hello? Miriam, it's Jason. Oh, yes,
5: Jason. How
6: was the dinner party?
5: Oh, quite a success. Good.
6: I uh, thought you'd be here by now. You did say morning.
5: I said, what?
6: You said you'd return the vase first thing in the morning.
5: The vase? I don't understand.
6: (laughs) Now, look who's forgetful. I'm talking about my vase you borrowed for the party.
5: But you told me that I couldn't have it. Oh,
6: Miriam, please stop playing games.
5: Well, I'm not playing games, Jason.
6: Miriam, yesterday afternoon you picked up the vase for the party. I want it back.
5: I don't know what you mean, Jason. I never borrowed your vase.
6: Everyone's raving about the party, Miriam. You've certainly made an impression.
5: Arthur. Mm-hmm. I think Jason's getting more forgetful than usual. Uh,
6: what do you mean?
7: Well,
5: he called me today and claimed that he lent me that vase for the party, and now he wants it back. What? You heard him tell me last week that I couldn't have it. In fact, you agreed, because it's a family heirloom.
6: That's right. Now, why would he say he lent it to you?
5: I can't imagine. But if he does press the issue, what are we going to do?
3: Miriam got the vase she wanted. And she's put herself in something of a spot. I don't think Miriam considered all the aspects before she really tried to steal Jason's vase. And that's what she did. Oh, Jason gave it to her, that's true, but he did so in good faith. And we've seen that Miriam betrayed that faith. Jason isn't going to take this lying down, as we'll see when I return shortly with Act Three. consuming interest can be a healthy thing, up to a point. To the point where the interest takes over reason and a person will stop at nothing to achieve the goal. Miriam Purcell's pursuit of her golden treasures has driven her to some surprising lengths. She's driven an old man
6: to desperation with a lie. Jason's getting to be impossible. He called me again today, insisting he lent you that vase.
5: Oh, I feel terrible. He's such an old and dear friend. What can we do? We can't have him hounding us like this.
6: Miriam, you are telling the truth. You you didn't borrow that vase.
5: Arthur... How could you possibly I think I that
6: Oh, I... I know, but I, I can't see why Jason would make up such a story. Well,
5: do you think I would? Do you think I'd pretend I didn't borrow it? What reason would I have? Well,
6: we've got a problem on our hands. Maybe Rupert can talk to him.
5: Oh, I hate to get our lawyer into this. It can't be that serious.
6: Well, it might get to be if Jason's lawyer gets into it.
5: Jason, I've come to try to reason with you. Reason with me? You witch. Oh, Jason, how can you say that? How can I say that? Because
6: that's what you are. Old oh, friends, indeed. You stole my face. If your father were alive, he'd believe me. I thought Arthur would.
5: Jason, you're upsetting yourself. Upset?
6: You don't know how upset I am, how much more I'm going to be. I'm not letting this go, Miriam. I know you have that vase, and I'm going to get it back if I have to
5: take it to court. If I I have to get a search warrant for your house, I'll go there myself. Jason, it won't do you any good. I don't have the vase. You never lent it to me. I
4: did, I did, and you, you... Miriam, Miriam, Miriam...
5: What's the matter, Jason? I, uh, I, I can't get my
4: breath.
5: Do you want me to pat you on the back? But my heart. Get uh, my doctor. Uh, the number's on the front of the phone. You, you can't miss it. Don't you think you're making too much of these spells? Please,
4: Miriam.
5: Please call the doctor. Please. please. Oh, very well.
4: What's the number? On the front Oh, oh yes. uh, Jason,
5: uh, lie down or something. I'm getting the doctor. Uh, uh, Jason? Jason? Good morning, Curly. Delicatessen, soup bread market. May I help you? Jason? Hello? May I
7: help
4: you?
5: Oh, sorry. Wrong number. I'm home,
6: Miriam.
7: Oh, you're early. Yeah,
6: had a pretty good day. Finished up early. And a banner day it was. Not one phone call from Jason. Oh. Maybe he's uh cooling off about the whole thing. Oh,
5: maybe.
6: Yeah. What'd you do today, my pet?
5: I stayed home all day. I did some sewing and Finish that book by Colette.
6: Mm, no library meeting. No friends of the Philharmonic.
5: No, I didn't go out. Well,
6: I'll uh, fix us a cocktail. Oh, uh, get that, will you, my dear?
5: Oh, all right. I'll get it. Hello. Yes, this is Mrs. Purcell. Yes, of course. She's an old friend. Why? Oh no. Oh no. Oh, well, what is it, Miriam? Jason's dead. Poor Jason. Well,
6: it wasn't totally unexpected. He'd had two heart attacks before. I'll miss him, though.
5: So will I. I wish we could see him to say goodbye.
6: They decided to close the casket. Rupert told me his face was a mask of pain when they found him.
5: Oh, how awful.
6: Yeah. He had a long and happy life, though. I hope I live to be 85. Chin up a little. Getting tired?
5: No, not really. I'm
6: almost finished. We won't need a session tomorrow. I can finish the last details at my studio.
5: How long before the coins are ready?
6: Four to six weeks. Well, that does it for today.
5: So we're finished. Oh, it's a perfect portrait, Elliot. I
4: knew it would be. Thank you.
6: There are a few details to add, as I said, but uh, I'll take care of them later. Well, uh, which which one do you want, Miriam?
5: Oh, it's so hard to decide. I think the blue velvet. Yes, blue sets off the gold best, and the rosewood frame, of course. That's perfect. What's holding us up, Elliot? The coin should have been ready a week ago. We're
6: having trouble getting the right impression.
5: Well, I don't know anything about it, but it seems ridiculous to take this much time. It's not as though we were their first customers.
6: Each job has its own problems, Mrs. Purcell.
5: Well, I've, I've had to postpone the dedication ceremony once already. I don't want to have to do it again.
6: Ah, but you do want your commemorative coins to be just right, don't you?
5: Well, yes, that is the important well, thing. Then
6: leave things to me, Mrs. Purcell. Good quality takes time. Good news, Mrs. Purcell. They finally got the impression to hold. The coins will be ready on Saturday.
5: Can I believe that?
6: (laughs) You can believe it. I'm picking them up at 10.30.
5: Well, thank heavens for that. I'll go ahead and set the ceremony for Sunday. Well, it's almost noon. Where is Elliot? Stuck in traffic, maybe? Don't joke, Rupert. I'm not in the mood for it. Uh, sorry. Rupert. Hmm? You don't think that he might have... Have what? Have made off with them. The coins are all solid gold.
6: Hey, I never thought of oh, that. Oh,
5: trusted him so. It never occurred to me that he might try to steal well, them. Well,
6: now we don't know that he has, uh... Tell you what, I'll I'll call the company, see if he's picked them up yet. I have the number here somewhere. uh... If he
5: hasn't arrived yet, tell them you'll pick them up. Tell them not to give them to Elliot
6: Roscoe. Maybe I should have done that in the first place. You see, after my initial contact, Roscoe handled all the details with the company. Oh. I never thought to step in. I'm beginning to think that was a... a... Oh. Oh, uh, Hello? Uh, Yes, this is Rupert Hyatt. I'm calling for Mrs. Purcell. You've done a set of coins. Yes, Purcell. Purcell. Uh, tell me, has the artist been there to pick them up yet? I see. Uh, very well, thank you. Oh, he picked them up more than an hour ago.
4: Oh, dear.
6: All we can do is wait and hope. Should we call the police? And tell them what?
5: Well, I don't know. But this this so-called artist may be on his way to Argentina or someplace with all my gold
6: have been here in ten minutes if he came directly from the coin company.
5: I'll try his studio. Perhaps he went there. Oh, thank heavens! Come in. Come in. Where in the world have you been?
6: I got stuck in traffic. Sorry. Oh,
5: I've been a nervous wreck.
6: Well, here they are. I'll be interested in your reaction, Mrs. Purcell. The mounting is handsome.
5: Well, this calls for a celebration. Pour some brandy, Rupert. Let
6: me help you with the wrapping. Brandy for three coming up.
5: How do you think they turned out, Elliot? Oh, the
6: likeness is the real you, Mrs. Purcell. Well, Mrs. Purcell?
4: Oh, oh, Miriam! Oh, Miriam! Oh, oh, no. It's not no! it can't be. It can be! Miriam. Miriam! Oh, no, no, Miriam. no! Miriam! Oh. Miriam!
6: My God, you threw the whole thing through the window. What in heaven's name is it, Roscoe?
4: How could they
6: know? How could they know? Uh, Roscoe, call an ambulance. She's collapsed. I don't think that would help. Miriam. Miriam. Damn it, ma'am. Will you call that ambulance and get some brandy over here quick? Yes, brandy. I think you'll need it. Miriam. 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 Will you hurry with that brandy? Miriam. here's the brandy. Roscoe. She's dead. Miriam's dead. Miriam going like that. I just can't believe she's dead. The shock. Yes, the shock. She was opening the coins and then... What's the matter with those coins, Roscoe? You know. Yes, I know. Well, I'd I'd forgotten about them when Miriam collapsed. She threw them out the window. I was so upset I never gave them another thought. You know, they must still be in the courtyard. Come on. There they are. Frame's broken. Mm. The plastic's cracked, too, but the coins seem to be all there. And what the devil could be the matter with them? Take a look. not Miriam's face. That's not the face you painted. Quite so. It isn't the portrait I painted. Well, Are they somebody else's coins? I, I I don't understand. No, no. This is Mrs. Purcell's order. Her gold. Her coins. She said. I don't know what you mean at all. This is ridiculous. It's... It's the face of an old man on these coins. A face twisted and Pain. Yes, the face of someone dying, perhaps. This is ghastly. I refuse to examine. Do you notice something else? Why, look closely at each of the coins. Well, they're all alike—the same twisted face of an old man. Yes, but look again. The left ear is missing. Uh. That's not the portrait I painted. It's the one you painted yourself. With your greed, your selfishness, your cruelty. Oh, the canvas was beautiful. The one you saw with the lovely face, the gentle smile, the beautiful earrings. (laughs) But when the coins were struck, ah, Miriam, your precious gold took over. To capture the real you. After all, You'd already sacrificed your soul for your gold many times over. So, dear Miriam, rest content. The coins are indeed a remarkable likeness, and your memory will not be forgotten with the rest. You created it with your.
3: The face we present to the world is a mask. A mask that hides the true self. Oh, that's not to say all of us are villains at heart. But all of us have some little deep, dark secret. Some concealed desire. Some hidden wish that we want to keep from the world. Miriam Purcell's mask of goodness fooled everyone. Except Elliot Roscoe. Curious he should turn up so suddenly and offer to do the portrait. I wonder where he came from. I wonder who he was. We'll speculate further when I return shortly. Now, a question for the Shell Answer Man on saving money.
5: How much can I really save by carpooling?
3: Up to $600 a year. If you're spending $70 a month on gas and parking, splitting it four ways can really make a difference. $600 worth of difference.
5: Wow, it really adds up.
3: Learn more about carpooling in the Rush Hour book. Look for it in leading magazines or pick up a free copy from a participating shell dealer. I guess we all know by now that the personage who called himself Elliot Roscoe was no ordinary painter, if indeed he was a painter at all. He takes many shapes and many names. He chooses his profession to suit the occasion. He found Miriam Purcell a perfect subject for his art. She had all the qualities that appealed to him. No wonder the portrait turned out to be such a remarkable likeness. Our cast included Francis Sternhagen, Bill Griffiths, Russell Horton, and Anne Shepard. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.